it's time to stand up or shut up. With your hosts, Chris and Jen, this is the Theme Park Stand Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Theme Park Stand Podcast. How's everyone doing? Doing well. Uh, we have a awesome episode for everybody today. I want to uh, welcome Brandon from Theme Park Predictions. How's it going, dude? Going great, you know, just uh, living the dream down here in the Carolinas, and it's February, which means Carowinds opens up just about a month, so I couldn't be better. Yeah, I would be excited, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Though I, I got to say, I would be better if I'm writing Fury right now, so I, I, I just lied. Sorry, am I going to be kicked off the podcast? Nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'll be much better in a, a month from now. Yeah, I don't blame you. I still have to wait till about early Feb uh, or early April here in Ohio. So, <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah. can always re relocate. You know, <laughs> I know one of these days. <laughs> Chris is far too Ohio enthusi to ever relocate from Ohio. That is true. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm expanding my palate a little bit. So I, uh, in my in the back of my mind, when I uh, get to that uh, retirement age. I'll be half of the time in Florida, no doubt. So, yeah, I just yeah. got back from Florida, and I'm like, oh, why did I move? I I love living down there for eight years, and I lived in Charlotte now for ten years, and it's just, I'll be I'll be back in Florida eventually. So, yeah, but like this time, like Tampa area, not Orlando. Orlando's too clustered, too much traffic for me. Maybe different suburbs, but not near the theme parks. Yeah, uh, you know, if I could be like thirty minutes to an hour away, that'd be perfect. Yeah, it's not a bad spot. Not where are you located, Jen? Philadelphia. That's right, Dorney Park near Dorney. Great event. Yeah, you got everything right there. That's great. Yeah, I was very, um, I was very blessed growing up with like great parks. Like I, I was spoiled with some very good parks around me. Um, very true. But yeah, yeah. Oh well, well, Brandon, why don't you kind of tell us how you got started in this uh community and liking roller coasters and everything i mean i've always loved roller coasters and i was i'd rather be drawing coasters in school than actual school work and so i've it's always been engraved and in, in who i am and then when i got a job at king's island when i was 21 this is before the internet really you know i realized wait a minute i'm not the only dork that likes coasters there's a lot more people like me. And so I started going on road trips with them and experiencing other parks. And I'm like, man, this is such a cool lifestyle. I need more. It's almost like addictive. And so working at the parks for eight years, four different parks really taught me a lot and got me to go other places that I probably would never, never been able to go since I lived in Dayton, Ohio for all those years. Um, and just didn't know enough people to travel with. And then, one thing led to another and always been involved in the entertainment industry. I left working in the theme parks in 20, uh, 2014 to over 10 years now. I have not worked at a park and we moved to Charlotte. I'm like, I do not want to work at Carowinds just because I'd rather just go there to do enjoy. And uh, then COVID happened. I had an online business for Florida travel. COVID happened. Obviously, everyone stopped traveling. And then I'm like, look, I watch all these other YouTubers. I'm going to pick up a microphone and make it work and bust my butt until I can get monetized and uh, make, make the wife happy with some money coming in. So it took me about two months to get monetized. And then that was, that's all she wrote. And then just kind of carried on and just worked my butt off and create 
try to create fun, quality content with a positive twist to it. And three, three and a half years later, it, it's, it's been a blessing. That's really cool. Yeah. I would, I, I mean, I, I would have to say every time I open up my YouTube, there's an, there's almost a new video from theme park <laughs> predictions coming. And I mean, Hey, it makes, it makes my lunches more enjoyable just because I get to watch some good content while I'm eating my lunch. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it means a lot. And that's why, you know, for me, it's just having fun with it. But there's a lot of, even even in our little coaster community, there's a lot of negativity. And I, I'm 40 years old. I don't have time for that BS. So I just try to overshadow it. But positivity and acceptance of let's just have fun, enjoy. Who cares if you don't like this or disagree on that? Let's, we're all, you know, we just, we all have the same thing in common. We, we love roller coasters. So we all need to have fun with it. And if my little eight minute video can be the highlight in someone's day who's going through a rough, a rough patch, then that, 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 that's why I do it, honestly. I do, I do it because I love helping people and I love making sure people, I, I, have, I have a lot of youth ministry in me uh, when I was a kid as well as now. So if I can, you know, share that love and acceptance with people through my videos, that, that, that that's a win for me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And we definitely see it for sure. You know, um, definitely all the positive words that you put out on each one of your videos. So, um, yeah, I think you're doing a good, good stuff over there. Thank you. So got to pick your brain on this one thing that we learned today with the, uh, Cedar fair fast lane and fast lane plus. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. One ride on top throw two. <laughs> I mean, it, I get it. Right. But that, the capacity is going to be crap and it's yeah. the most popular ride. And we've seen this at other parks do it similar like this. So I completely understand. And I, I accept, I, I, you know, I knew this was going to happen, but it's uh, with the all season fast lane, you can have unlimited, which is good for me because that's what I have. And I, I was never, I've never been in a position in my life, like to be able to like freely spend the money on the line passes wherever I go until I realized I don't have time to film the rides, take photos, and then enjoy myself, right? Rides and rides and everything and vlog, whatever. So it's like I got to do it and thank God the channel's doing really well. So I'm able to afford it. But for the first time, my 38 years out of my 40 years of living, I would never be able to spend $100 on skip the lines or whatever it is. But I get it. Uh, you know, I think it's it's – It'll be a one-year thing come 2025. I don't see that rule being implemented. And who knows? Maybe they lift it after the first three or four months. I don't know. But it, yeah. it's it's smart. Because that ride to me flooded with people. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's a good way, especially at the beginning, to see how popular it is and how, what it does to the capacity and then decide from there. They could always cut halfway through the year and say. Exactly. And it's better to implement it now before the season starts rather than not. And then halfway through the year, oh, by the way, we're doing this now because mm -hmm. the people that already pre-purchased Express, not Express, but the fast lane, they'll be like, wait, wait up. Hold up. I, I, I paid for this. I expected this. Now you're telling me I only one run right on it. Yeah. I'd yep. be mad too. Oh, for sure. Um, I completely agree with, with the decision to do that as well. Cause you know, with the original attraction there, I mean, you know, you'd have 
a three hour wait and it would be terrible just because of the downtime or whatnot. But mm -hmm. I can understand all of that just as a precaution to make sure the lines go as smooth as possible. Yeah. And we, Lord knows what Zamperla is going to do with this. If it's going to be reliable, if it's not going to be like, no one obviously can tell you how it's going to play out. So it'll be very interesting. I'm hopeful that it'll be very reliable, but I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not willing to bet a hundred dollars on it. <laughs> so yeah, that's that what we hope, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it leads me to ask uh, if this doesn't work out and it's still just as reliable as the original, do you see Zamperla ever building anything again in these states like that big on that size? Not that size, no. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Zamperla, honestly, their market has always been flat rides and mid-sized coasters for smaller parks. Yeah. And now that's why whenever like the rumors started surfacing about Zamperla, I'm like, this makes no sense. And I'm still like Cedar Point has one shot at this. The person's already injured, and I believe she died. I, I believe she died. I'm not you guys might be able to correct me on that, but I've been on vacation for five days, so my mind's not even 100% like with it. But anyways, she, there's already an incident on that ride, and you're putting the dollars for Zamperla to make it reliable, so there's nothing else happening with new trains, new technology. Like, if it was me, I would have went to Intamin and said, look, y'all know this ride more than, more so than anyone else. Let's, let's do this together. And obviously Intamin did put in bids for it. They won't, they, they chose the cheapest bid and yeah. that was Zamperla, yeah. which I mean, I think we all know if you buy the cheapest things, typically you're not going to get the better outcome. You, you know, get what you sometimes, pay for. It, exactly. So hopefully it, uh, it, it's going to be reliable and no incidents, but, just imagine, I mean, hypothetically, let's say, God forbid, there is another incident or an accident on it. What happens? Cedar Point spent six, what, 16, 17, what, how much, however much money they spent on Top Tool 2 to convert it. Then what? Like, that's why they had one shot. I'm just shocked that they went with I'm not mad they went with Zamperla. I just don't think it's a good business business move considering Zamperla's track record. They've, ne they've never done anything like this. Maybe if they would convert like Accelerator or Storm Run or some other intimate accelerator coaster into a same concept and then did Top Thrill 2, that would be a little bit more reassuring for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly I, how I feel. So, I mean, yeah. regardless, it's going to be a, it's gonna be a great ride, right? I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I'm going to ride it. It's probably going to be top two or three in the park for me, for me personally. Uh, I've always loved Dragster, but... That first launch is just like, it's like finding that beautiful date, you know, and this person's, you know, in my case, this woman's beautiful, hot, and Jen, this, this person's really handsome for you or whatever, like, and all of a sudden, it's like you go to kiss them and the kiss is horrible, right? Like that first <laughs> launch is like, oh my God, it's going to be so cool to be roll back. I just hope it just accelerates or just feels like what it used to be because that, that launch on Dragster was phenomenal, so... Yeah, I was talking to somebody also that I guess their office literally looks over like the peninsula and they can see it happening constantly, the testing. And yeah. the rumors of it not you know, going up that back spike as high as m most people think, I guess it reaches up. There's a at the very top, there's a red piece of track and then there's a white piece under it. And 
the back of the train constantly hits that white piece. Uh, so I yeah. guess it's going up there a good ways. So I'm excited about that at least as well. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I did see the videos, and I, I am a little bit more intrigued by the actual launch and everything else. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, should be good head, head chopper effect as well coming back. Yeah, the head chopper is phenomenal. I'm definitely looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to, uh, obviously, the, the spike would be really cool. And, and riding Rougarou was really it's, it's, a, it's a must ride now because the views that you get, like going up that lift tone, Rougarou is phenomenal. Spikes right there. And I was there in October and the spike was no more than 180 feet. Yeah. And it, it was just like, oh my God, just imagine what this thing's fully constructed and seeing the train go up. Like what Ruger, what, what Top Thrill 2 is now doing is making Iron Dragon and Rougarou must rides, which is good yeah. for Cedar Point because those lines will be a little bit more steady even though iron dragon typically has a nice little line to it uh so i'm definitely excited for it yeah it was fun flying uh riding iron dragon and flying underneath the supports for that is true 100%. Um, yeah so we have jen before we get over here i don't know um we have a a lot of questions today and I don't know if we had anything else before we wanted to jump into these um, because we are going to have a lot to go over. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in a lot of these questions, I feel like we're going to get us off onto paths of like more things that we're going to talk about going forward. So I never cool. um, we can probably get into them. Sounds good. Well, I will kick us off. Um, we have a question coming from Dan Clark. And he says, choose one of these for your backyard coaster. You have infinite money and space. You get a B&M Giga, an RMC, or an Intamin multi-launch. That's tough, Dan. What the heck, man? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll go Intamin multi-launch. Intamin's my favorite manufacturer. It's tough. It is tough. But I would go, if I can have a Velocicoaster, but even more like airtime and insanity with unlimited budget, limited room, I'm going to go that route. Yeah, with iron slightly behind us. Iron wise is my number one, but I just intimate the trains are so much more comfortable, and I just feel like it's just that that's just me more. I, I just yeah, I would go intimate, but by margin. Yeah, I would I would have to agree. I'd go intimate uh, for sure as a clear number one, then RMC, then then a B and M Giga. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have the exact same. The exact same one. Intimate multi-launch, then RMC, then... And I don't know why yeah. I answered before you, Jen. <laughs> it, it's a tough, right? Like, they're all three great. Like, you know, what do you what do you choose? But for me yeah. personally, I think it sounds like we all agree that I just... Yeah. You know, yeah. Give me a... Ma I love Maverick. I love Velocicoaster. You know, the ones overseas look phenomenal. Like, oh. Yeah. They're just, mm -hmm. like... I feel like they're, like, untouch untouchable coasters. Correct. Just imagine Pantheon's great too. If they added some theme into it, it'd be even better. Yeah, yeah. the only downside is the Pantheon, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's pop. All right, we have an anonymous question. It says, which SoCal coaster is your favorite, X2 or Ghost Rider? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, they probably know who I am, and I've yet to ride either. My 
two visits to the Knott's Berry Farm. The first visit, uh, Ghost Rider was under construction. And the last visit was like right as like COVID started coming about and right before the parks closed down. And uh, Ghost Rider closed the day before I got there for their like annual maintenance, whatever. And so in X2, I was with a good buddy of mine who that day we went to the park, his stomach just wasn't feeling up to par. And uh, I just, that's one of those rides that intrigues the crap out of me. I need, I need to have moral support with me next to me so I can feel free to curse as much as I want or say whatever I want and just have that. Hey, you still there? You know, (laughs) so I've not been on either, but I would look forward to riding probably ghost rider more just because I love a good GCI wooden coaster. I've heard great things about it. I think X2 would be like the most surreal feeling uh, but for what I like in a coaster, I would probably enjoy Ghost Rider more. Yeah, I think I would agree. Um, X2 is like one of those coasters that w- when I'm like loading on to the, the train, I feel like I'm going to be super nervous. Uh, yeah. It's going to be one of those coasters that actually makes me nervous and like sweaty palmed and whatnot. Um, not sure if I would like it as much as Ghost Rider for sure. I think Ghost Rider would be my more favored coaster out of those two. True. Yeah. Sorry guys. I just got um, completely off topic. Um, Well, let me answer first. Um, I would say X2 because I'm I'm not a wooden coaster person, which we don't really have to get into. Um, I've gone on many, many, many rants about wooden coasters, um, but I would have to say X2. Um, but I just saw a tweet about Velocicoaster potentially being down tomorrow, and I actually just came back from Florida, and Velocicoaster was down. I just sat outside of Velocicoaster for like an hour waiting to see if it would open. Um, when did you go down there? I was there Thursday. Um, well, te- I guess Friday through Sunday. Uh, I, w- I was there at Universal on Thursday and drove back to Charlotte Friday, so just missed you. Yeah, just missed me. That's um, funny. That's funny. It was, it was running Thursday. I mean, at least when I was in near the, near the ride, it was running. I got two rides on on Wednesday morning, uh, and then cause I was there to film and stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it is hit. It's hit and miss and stuff. So that's that's a bummer. Yeah. It- Sunday it was down like a decent amount of the day, so I so I was only at Universal Sunday. Okay. Disney the rest of the time, and it was down most like on and off Sunday, and then it's been I've been looking at it all day today, and it's been down most of the day today. Mm. And, um, there I just saw a tweet that said um, Velassi R.I.P. or like R.I.P. Velassi. <laughs> That's no good. So sorry, getting distracted, no. guys. Um, but we can get to the next one. We have Katie's coasters here. She has two different, um, questions. Katie, she's wonderful, by the way. She's a very good person. I love, I love her work. She's a very bright, a bright and up and coming star of our coaster community. Yeah, she is. I love her content. She is fantastic. And she's so sweet. Um, Mm -hmm. every time I met her, she's. Her whole family's great. Very nice people. Met them many times. Very, very good people. Good head on, good head on their shoulders. I love that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so the first one is um, BGT or BGW? That's a good question, Katie. Uh, BGT, Iron Gwazi. It's hard to beat that. If Iron Gwazi was not a BGT, then I would go BGW. 
Ooh. Uh, just because I haven't ridden, I guess I haven't ridden Pantheon or Iron Guazi yet. So, based off those both not being in the park, I I think I would still go BGW. The theming's great, right? The ambiance, you can't beat it. But yeah. for me, it just go ahead, Jen. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're no, you're good. This is exactly why we leave all this extra room for the questions so we can get into it. But I say BGC. I mean, you have, I prefer, well, I, I prefer Griffin over Shikra, but I like I love Kumba. And there's really no other coaster at BGW kind of compared to Kumba. Montu, Alpha guys, they're both really good. You know, you have Cobra's Curse, a great family coaster, kind of comparable to Verbolton. And then their new B&M Inverted Coaster this year, Phoenix Rising looks really solid. And then... What else do they got? Cheetah, Cheetah Hunt's really good. You know, it's, it's just, it's a tough part. Plus, I love the animals. I enjoy the animals. I just, I don't know. If I had to pick one one park to go to one more time the rest of my life, I would go to BGT just for Gwazi. It's just such a, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's the perfect coaster. Yeah, I definitely agree. Gwazi is my number two coaster. It's very mm -hmm. up there for me as well. Um but I don't know. I just feel like everything. I just BG. I feel like BGT has a very nice variety of coasters. Even not even looking at Iron Gwazi, like I think yeah. they have a very good variety of coasters. Each one with like a different intention behind why that coaster was put there. So I think mm -hmm. they do a really good job at that variety. Um, where like I don't necessarily feel the same way about BGW, but BGW has this has the. Like I do feel like they have better like ambiance throughout the park. Yeah, hundred percent. So, thoughts on BGT charging five dollars for a sky sky ride ride? <laughs> uh, I mean it's 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 kind of ridiculous, but does it surprise me? No, they they charge the five percent surcharge to every you know gift shop at the gift or the, any gift at the gift shops or food whatever. Uh, I think it's ridiculous considering that. It's been closed for so long. It's a high capacity ride, and there should be no need to charge. Unlike Sky Tower at SeaWorld Orlando, which I worked back in the day, the reason why they charge is because if they didn't, they don't have many rides. They would have an hour and a half line. So there's a difference between that. For this, I just hopefully it's just this, it's just this year, and they get enough negative feedback, they'll just say screw it. It's free for everyone. I'm sure that's what's going to happen, but yeah, you know. I can't imagine like. It's crazy to me to upcharge a skyline that's that out of date. Like it's it's not like you put in a brand new like yeah skyline. Thing is so old. And Mysterio San Diego does it too. They charge theirs, and no one's really complained because it's always been that way. Uh, so I just feel like there's it's just it's just unfortunate. Like I get it, but I don't get it. You know, like. Hopefully that they'll, they'll they'll squash it and not charge, but it's free for pass holders, so True. it's an additional benefit for pass holders, which is nice. But at the same time, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, I am gonna pop Katie's coaster's other question. She does have a second one. Um, she wants to know um, the best B and M coaster that is not Fury three two five. Mako. 
I love Mako. It's solid. It's my second. It's my favorite B&M Hyper. Then I really like Goliath that over Georgia. And then probably Candemonium is really good too. But I really enjoyed Pipeline. I wrote Pipeline again on Monday, last Monday, and I enjoyed that pretty good. That was, that was a lot of fun. My, my wife loved it. So anything that makes my, anything that makes my wife happy makes me happy. So that's good. I think for me, after uh, Fury uh, for B and M's is at least for my credits that I have is Orion. Um, Ryan's solid, yeah. Uh, just I mean, it could be a little bit longer, yeah. But I mean, it's pretty good for what it is, and I need more credits, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, overall, Mako it's hard to top Mako, and it Orion's good. It's just yeah, we can we can spend three three hours talking about Orion, you know. Yeah. But in the end of the day, Orion's it's it's a fun ride for sure. I prefer dying back, just saying, but I like Orion too. I have not been on Orion, unfortunately. Oh my gosh, you need to change that. This year, it's your calling. I'm hoping to get to Kings Island this year. There are um, a few things there that I very much would like to ride. Good um, for you. But I think I have to say Kumba. Kumba solid. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Kumba yeah. is great. Or, I of course, Talon. Kumba and Talon are probably my favorite B&Ms. Tal Talon's great. I love the placement of Talon at Dorney. I've always loved it. I'm, fr I I'm friends with the park president, Jessica. She and I used to work together at Kings Island. She does great things for that park. And Ryan's fantastic over there as well. Yeah, their whole team. Um, that park that park gets it. Their haunt is phenomenal. Their staffing was really good this year. I would kill for Carowinds to have that type of stuff at this this year. Carowinds had a real bad year in 2023. Yeah, I definitely um, – yeah, this year for them, I think with all of the, like, hype they're building towards Iron Menace, things like that, it's it was fantastic. And their haunt, like – their haunt event, I Good. always feel like, is one of the top oh, yeah. in this area. Like, it's – it's every, every year it's fantastic. For sure. It was. It was very nice going for the first time this year. It was awesome. Um, next question coming from Negative Power. He asks, uh, or they ask, uh, what do you think Knobles will do for their 100th anniversary in 2026? You know, it's interesting. That's a very, I love Knobles. It's my second or third favorite park out there. I love it. Um, they they are definitely due for a new coaster. They added Impulse. Uh, I don't remember what the year, but uh, uh, fifteen years ago maybe. And that's that's a fun little ride. And the way they have Phoenix running, and they, obviously they added the flying turns recently, and then Black Diamond and everything else. But hopefully they can either get a coaster out there that's going to get closed, you know, that's not open right now, or will be not open on the, in the future. And relocate it, or they build their own in-house, like they did it with Twister too. Uh, so I would love it for them to get a coaster. I think a large part with that independent park base is based on the economy. If we do go into the rumored recession this year or next year, then I don't know, right? Like that park is solely based on what that park brings in. They don't have corporate backing to it. 
so I think more than ever for them, it's all based on where where we are, uh, you know, where all of our wallets are come three years, two years from now uh, and everything else. So I hope they have a great uh, plans for 2026. That'll be great. Jen, what are your thoughts on what you think they could add or what would you think they would do? I honestly feel like the vibes of Knobles, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do anything. Um, um, yeah, like maybe some extra, just like fun little things that are around the park. But I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't do anything. Um, but yeah. I would love to see them add, this is going to be like very crazy coming for me, but I would love to see them add another wooden coaster because I think that's where Knobel shines. It's the mm -hmm. only park that I think I, I think it's, it'll be the only park in existence where I am looking forward to the wooden coasters and I never get on the other coasters. Um, so I'd love to see them get. Hey, maybe they could bring lead the, lead the dips over there. You know, if it's still closed um, in three years, that would be a, that would be a perfect addition because that like, that's a perfect example. Like there's some parks where we talk about it a lot on this podcast, like, I grew up with Great Adventure. I love Great Adventure, but unfortunately, like I, I their maintenance I don't think was the best choice for El Toro. I would have mm -hmm. loved to have seen that at a park that it takes care of. It, and Knobles is like that park. Like I think it was it's it's mm -hmm. like a dream for any wooden coaster to be put at Knobles. Their the climate's really good for wooden coasters. Their maintenance is absolutely fantastic. Like their their love and their passion for those wooden coasters, I think make a huge difference and like there, uh, yeah, I would love to see Leap the Dips go there. And yeah, that would be a dream. Yeah. Um, so, so I looked up impulse when you brought that up and it was put in, in 2015. So nine years ago, oh, not, oh, I, I, for some reason, like, ha, ah, my mind's January is such a weird month for me, you know, because it's like, Everything is slow YouTube-wise, ad revenue yeah. slow, like the news in our industry is slow. And then yep. it's like, I kind of like take a mental break in January. Don't put out as much content, just kind of more do stuff around the house, fix things or whatever, and then focus more February, March, April, get back on the swing of things. Yeah, right. that, that makes sense though. It's a good ride. I, I do like Impulse a lot. It's fun. So off going off that, I mean, nine years with, I don't know if they've added anything since then, even flat rock wise, I think Black Diamond was was more recent potentially. I'm not. Let's look. No. They also just added the um, Himalayan or whatever that flat ride's called from. Canada. Oh, you're, you're right. Sorry. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, I forget that right, but yeah, Impulse was the last coaster. Flying Turns was 2013, and Black Diamond was 2011. Oh, they added the uh, Byron Curve. Yeah, Kenny. that's right. That's right. The curve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I could see a co I mean, I could see a coaster, but I feel like it may be just more of celebrating the 100 anniversary and have like big, like every other weekend fireworks shows or something like that. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, it's a cool idea. And not every park celebrates these anniversaries, anyways, right? Some do, some don't. So it's hard to tell. There is a uh, a park very near and dear to our hearts that turns 100 this year. So, <laughs> shout out Dorney Park. Shout out Talon right. and Dorney Park specifically. <laughs> or no. No. No, it's next year? No, or doesn't it's, Thunderhawk? It's Thunderhawk. Yeah. 
I think they're older than 100 years old, 20. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's Thunderhawk that's celebrating that 100 uh, this year. But anyway, moving on. Go ahead, Jen. <laughs> Don't mind me. Sorry. Oops. All right. Um, we got the drunk riders. Um, they want to know when they can, when you guys can snuggle again. It says, when can we snuggle again? You know, I wasn't too impressed with their snuggling abilities. And so I moved on and found a better snuggler. Uh-oh. So I'm sorry. Uh, you know, maybe we can discuss this when, when they invite me on their podcast. But uh, no, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I love snuggling. I don't care. I, I've been on many coaster trips where there's only two beds and four or five people. And we're like, we're all sleeping in the bed together because I'm not sleeping on this nasty floor. We're going <laughs> to make it work. <laughs> Touche. I feel like that was mostly a question for you. So that's funny. Yeah. yeah I feel like it would be weird for us to answer this with no context. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So moving on, uh, we have Velocicoasting. He's got. Uh, Predict your home park's next uh, major capital investment. Make two predictions. One being what you think the park will actually do, and the other being what you your dream project for your home park. Uh, well, obviously, the rumors are for Carowinds to add a water attraction in 2025. So as of right now, that, that that's still what I'm hearing. Uh, what I think they're going to build is a water coaster of some kind. Uh, which is needed. Um, I also heard the last second that they're looking at something like what Kings Island's getting this year, the family Facoma boomerang coaster and expanding camp Snoopy. So both of those are great. What I really think Carolyn should do is add, it's been six, five or six years since we've had a water ride in the park. And honestly, like it's, it's do we need one? Yeah, but does it make sense in 2024 or 2025 to spend the money on a new water ride that's only open four months out of the year when you can spend the money on a ride that could be open all year round, you know, since it's March through December? So I would really like to see a, the family of Vacoma Boomerang and Camp Snoopy expansion come 2025 and then 2026 be the new coaster. And if it was me, I would prefer to have um, – I was going to have um, like remove Nighthawk and Vortex and replace it with, you know, some GP friendly ride like a dive coaster or hang, something like hang time at Knott's Berry Farm. Now, that's what I would prefer to have. Uh, what, you know, as far as what I know at Cedar Fair would probably do. I mean, if it was me, I would have like an intimate multi launch coaster right in the middle of the park, you know, but <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm literally thinking, what am I? Um, what are we going to consider my home park? Does someone want to pick a home park for me? Hershey, Great Adventure, or Dorney? I I feel like maybe well, why, why, why don't you go with non-Dorney? Since Dorney probably will not get a new coaster for another five or six years. That's very valid. Okay, so we're going to go with Hershey Park. Um. So what I'd like to see them do and like a like dream the dream um prediction I would love to see them add a mock. I just think it's something there's nothing like there aren't really any mocks around the area. There's not like I feel like there's not really many in the country. It it would be a great 
Yeah. I think it would be a great. That, 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 that is a solid fit for sure. Yeah. Like that, that park has so many great coasters and I think it would just be such um, a fantastic addition to that park. And if it's an extreme spinner, even better. I don't know if they'd go that extreme with mock, but still mock is a, um, a different variety than what they currently have. What I think they will do um, is possibly something more like family friendly, like potentially like a premiere, um, like a good middle ground, kind of like pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, just because there aren't too many great middle ground coasters at that park. Um, you kind of go from like really boring little kids and wooden coasters straight to if you could count super duper looper, but that's an intense loop. Um, and then like into some pretty extreme coasters. So. I agree. Uh, so for me, it brings, uh, brings us to Kings Island. Um, what do I think they're going to do? It's probably sadly a B&M dive. Um, and I think it's going to, I think they might take out Congo Falls and Timberwolf and hopefully in Vertigo um, and put a B&M front gate dive, uh, which would be kind of cool, I guess, if you're into that type of thing. I think it it's needed. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Dive coasters are people eaters. So, um, but my GP dream, what's that? The GP love them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they are GP magnets. Um, my only my only draw with that is they have Val Raven up the road, but I don't think they care anymore. I think it's the like Banshee, right? Yeah, I don't. I they think had it's... a Banshee and they had Raptor at Cedar Point. So that that anyone who says that in comments on my videos, I'm like, look here, they've yeah. already done it. Like they don't yeah. care. It's about yeah, what I think brings them the money. Val Raven's past. It's like, ooh, there's a dive coaster that looks like this phase. So I think it's fine they, that they put that in Kings Island. Um, yep. My dream project would be for an Intamin Malte launch in the Vortex spot. Um, it would be it's the perfect, perfect spot for something like that. I agree. I agree. Not that I would know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> this year you will. This year, hopefully I'll know. <laughs> um, all right. So I think that brings us to our next one. We got Nick Lom. He said four park predictions. What's your favorite video video that you uploaded to your YouTube channel? Um also, what will your first overseas park and when do you plan on going? What will be your first overseas park and when do you plan on going? Um, I, I'll start off the overseas park first. Um, probably I was going to do it go 2024 or well, this year, but with my son getting so into this stuff, like I, I'm going to wait and take him with me once he's tall enough in about two years. So hopefully 2020 six at the latest uh and I, I i owe my friends up in england a visit first so i would go over there and do the parks over there and then i've, I've never traveled overseas before yet uh so i'll do that first and then maybe a year later go over to germany and do you know europe and stuff like that and then after that then go over to um Six Flags Cadilla, if it's still in operation, and and check out Falcon's flight. So that'd be cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I got away from my son just because I don't want to not do that. And 
did he ask which park is I'm, I'm most looking forward to or yeah like what's your well like what would be you what would you want to be your first overseas park if you had to choose if i had to choose i would probably go energy landia just because or or fantasia land like there's so many good parks but i'd probably go Ener energy landia knowing that they have three or four coasters that i can just get on and ride and i don't want to get off uh so i'd probably say energy landia and then my as far as my favorite video it's hard i just i, I don't really have i think my favorites were like my prediction ones for dragster like when I was like the only one out there like saying spike and everyone's like, Oh, you're an idiot. It's not going to have a spike. You know, I'm like, oh, that's what I'm hearing. It's a spike. And just the, the creativity and the time it took to create those videos and the thumbnails for that. And to see the, the success of those, that was probably my favorite. Just it was like my, it was almost like my all moment that I made it, you know, like, and especially when it announced, the, the, the supports were coming in for the spike, you know, of course, all these people are like, Oh, you, you know, you get no, your, none of your predictions come true. You're an idiot. Not going to have a spike. None of them come back by the way, after the spikes already confirmed to say, Hey, I'm sorry. I was wrong. You're right. Not that I want them to, but it's just kind of ironic. Like that was probably my, my coolest, not one video, but the moment of everything coming together was really cool for me. Yeah. I remember those days, that constant speculation. That was fun. It was fun, 100%. And then Sorry, I think guys. he has, a, Nick has another question. He does. I, um, the, the dog, the dog is very distracting. <laughs> You're good. Um, so it says, for everyone, which non Disney or Universal Park has the best mascot? Hmm. That's tough. Um, that was a tough one. I'd probably go SeaWorld with the, the – I still call it Shamu. I grew up with Shamu. I worked at SeaWorld when it was Shamu. Uh, but seeing them in the costumes, I think they still do that. It's pretty cool. Or like Big Bird, you know, Sesame Street. I guess it's pretty cool to have that there. Um, I also like Hershey Park. It's, it's, it's kind of corny, but it works. Uh, so I like that too. Yeah, um, I dig peanuts, so I like seeing Snoopy and Charlie Brown and everybody walking That's around. Through. I like Snoopy too. So, uh, but I will have to say that I wish that it was still Hanna Barbera because the Flintstones and everybody—that was my favorite growing up with that. I wish so. Scooby Doo was there. Well, Scooby Doo's still there, but I wish the Scooby Doo ride. I like, there's more stuff was themed around Scooby Doo. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I think for me. I think for me, this kind of has to be Hershey Park. However, it, and a very honorable mention to, um, what is his name? Parker from Kennywood. Isn't that the arrow's name? I love him. <laughs> That's true. And, yeah, yeah. I thought That's he was valid. so cute. What about Mr. Six? And Mr. Six gets no love here. <laughs> what is Mr. Six? You know the six. I, mean, flags. I used to work at Six Flags when Mr. Six was there, so I heard that music all the time. And then mm -hmm. I worked there for the 45th anniversary. I remember working on Kinda Ka, checking restraints, and they they wanted you to say Happy Anniversary to every time you push down on the restraint. So I'm like, Enjoy your ride, Happy Anniversary. They're like, It's not my anniversary. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is annoying. Like, 
Yeah. Oh my god. That's too much. I, I don't know so why I didn't say right when you just push down. We have one second there. You have to say all that. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like that's a very six flags thing. Yeah. I mean, those commercials are kind of iconic though with him dancing. Yeah, they are. 100%. Six. Um, all right, Jake's coaster or Jake coasters. Uh, we want to hear about Brandon's trip to Florida. Did your top 10 change at all? No, mm -mm. uh, it was a great trip, but brought the family down, kind of took a break away from everything else, didn't really check social media much, and just kind of just chilled. Uh, top 10 definitely did not change. Uh, didn't really ride as many coasters as I wanted to because I had my family there, but that's all that matters. And uh, got three more rides on Iron Gwazi, two on Velocicoaster, one on Pipeline, one on Mako. And uh, yeah, so pretty solid. Pretty solid. I got one on Kumba and one on Montu and one on Cobra's Curse. So overall, it wasn't bad. It was good. So yeah, the top 10 did not change. I still love all my top 10s and it, it won't change until maybe this year later or next year with epic opening yeah oh yeah epic opening that's I, gonna be sweet yeah that might change the florida top that might change. game changer yeah there are some good looking coasters in that that park is gonna i mean i i've really Disney's going to be affected by it more than SeaWorld. SeaWorld's more of a local park. Um, and, and SeaWorld's going to be like, oh, Epic's so packed. Let's just go over to SeaWorld because it's cheaper to get into. Uh, but Epic is just going to just, it's it's going to, it's going to, from what I'm hearing, I have a lot of friends who work there. Like I, one of my good friends who I was co-supervisor with, it works for Ride Operations, is now uh, area manager for Epic. He's working at Epic right now, like not even at the studios or IOA right now. And he's just saying, man, this thing was it, the stuff you're going to see it. It's, it's going to be unlike anything we've ever, ever experienced. And I cannot wait. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Now that we got that last announcement, I'm starting to get more and more excited for it. It took me a very long time to get excited for it, but now I'm very excited. It's going to be great. Um, all right, I think you are next, Chris, right? I just read the last question. No, you did? I thought I read that question. Sorry. <laughs> My mind. I'm doing great, guys. I'm not operating off of much sleep. So oh, you're good. <laughs> now, all right, then we have Dylan from Lee the Coasters. He says, Dylan, than what's up, dude? Sorry, I love Dylan. No, you're good. Um, he said, better hang time, Copperhead Strike, Goliath, Goliath at Great America, or Airy Force One. Oh, Dylan, what a jerk. You really make me think on this Monday night. Um, it's hard to compare. I mean, you get more hang time on Airy. That that stall is like my favorite coaster element. I like it better than Goliath stall just a little bit. So I would say Air Force One, just for the sheer of there's no track below you at all. You look down and see the ground. Like Copperhead, you're like 60, 70 feet above the ground, and there's a loop. And depending where you're at in the train, you're not going to be hanging up as much or as quick or as long, whatever. But 
Air Force One's just you and the sky and the air, and it's just you. Just, you just play paper, rock, scissors. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've only I only have the Copperhead credit out of those three, so you need to get favorite. down there. Air Force One's the real deal. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't have Goliath, but I, I have the opposite. I think Copperhead Strike, but again, that's I don't know that, that, that I get it. Yeah. My only Copperhead Strike rides though. And I talk about this on the podcast all the time. It was freezing like 30 to 40 degrees. So I think that Copperhead Strike for me was set up for such success. Like I think that it was running so much slower. So the hang time was way more intense. So I could definitely see it being different. And to your point where you're going to get more hang time on Copperhead is every inversion except the course screw features hang time. Exactly. Whereas every force one, the only hang time moment is the, the stall really. Yeah. So for pound to pound, if, if we're going at that direction, then I would agree hundred percent Copperhead. But for my favorite hang time moment, it has to be airy, but I do like the barrel roll right out of uh, Copperhead Station. That's pretty legit, especially in the front row where you don't get pulled through as much. Yeah, I do like that dirty roll a lot as well. That yeah. is, I think that is definitely like up there for my favorite cold weather coaster, um, for sure. I just thought it was absolutely fantastic in the cold when it was running nice and slow. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one coming from surveillance. Uh, what defunct attraction would you bring back if you could? Volcano. Sorry. I'm very touchy with that. I love volcano. It's a phenomenal ride. Even though villain is right there, the volcano. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's a good one. It, it was one of my favorite, uh, favorite, favorite defunct. Then I like doing dragons too, but. I would go volcano, then then villain, then dueling dragons. Yeah, hmm. Jen. East is like number fifty for me. <laughs> no, I'm not. It wasn't that bad, but it was bad. Yeah, I don't miss. It. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I think down to Florida for like all of this. So dueling dragons is up there for me. Um, dueling dragons and twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Yeah, I remember doing that. That was a classic ride, too. So I never got to do 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but I have done Submarine, submarine Voyage, which I hear just wasn't as good as 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Mm -hmm. So I would have loved to see 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, and, yeah, I think that those are, my, that, those are like my big ones that I can think. Yeah. Uh, I have two, and uh, the first one, and I say this many, many times, Phantom Theater at Kings Island. Um, that was always good. Yeah. Uh, give me that back as well as Villain at uh, Jagger Lake. Villain was so good. Oh, yep. Villain. I can't believe they tore that down. <laughs> I know. Ridiculous. Well, I kind of want to pop on with a third, which I never I never got to experience, which I never got to experience any of these. But um, I actually want to bring back Disaster Transport. Just fun little ride. It was, it was it was fun. It was unique, and uh, yeah, I've, I've I've been riding that. My first trip to Cedar Point was in '93, so I was I was sad to see it go, but I understand why. And it, it was a, it was a fun it was a fun enjoyable bobsled where you just felt like you didn't see what's happening in front of you, you know, so you didn't know like 
it's kind of yeah. freaky in a way. Yeah, so, I enjoyed it. For me, my my only trip for years and years and years to Cedar Point was the day of the Northeast, like that great Northeast blackout. Um, and I was in line for disaster transport. It was my first ride of the day. My family was waiting for it. And I just remember like the queue. I actually didn't know what the coaster was until I met coaster people. And then it was like, I remember the queue. There were stars and it was blacklit and it was this and it was that. And every single person was like, that was disaster transport. And I was like, that thing was so fun. Like, I remember that as a kid, like that being so crazy to me, like that queue mm -hmm. was so pretty. And even though I never got on the ride, the queue was so pretty. So I feel like yeah. the theme in the ride I had high high hopes for. But yeah, I would add that to my list. Oh, that's a, it's a solid ride for that list. Yeah. Um, I think that brings us to our next one. Um, so this is Zooter Loopers. Um, starting with a statement here, he says, Brandon has always been so helpful with us as a young YouTube channel. And he says, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned in your YouTube journey? Uh, shout out goes to Brian and his father. Great people. And uh, they do great work. And that guy, that, that kid, he's 17, but he's a lot more mature than most are. And uh, he's going to do big things growing up. Like I'm very excited for his future in this industry and filmmaking. Uh, as far as, you know, if I could do it, you can do it. That's my motto because I started when I was 36 and I had no experience. I just said I had the will of, hey, I love roller coasters. I want to try to promote the parks to make them busier. Then that means potentially more rides, bigger rides for all of us, you know, and just have a positive attitude doing it and know that not every video is going to do well. And even to this day, I do a video and it flops and I'm like, you know what? BS. It's ridiculous, you know, but then it's like, okay, well then you get them on the next one and just, just perfect your craft. Know that you're, you're going to suck starting out. We all do. And with each one, get better and just study and, and read tutorials. It's not going to unfold for you without any work. I think a lot of people think I'm going to create a YouTube channel and it's going to be successful. Okay, it's not, you have to do the work and do the research, watch tutorials. I mean, I've watched so many countless hours of tutorials on how to have better intros, what not to do, what to do, how to do better thumbnails, better titles, you name it, I've watched it. So and that that's my, you know, never give up. You'll get there. If I can do it, you can do it. That's good. Always positive. Good stuff. Thank you. Um, Next question from Hawk Vandalay. Uh, what is the uh, what's the worst queue you've ever waited in? <sighs> I think it may be the amount of time. Is that what I'm getting? Pro right? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, I would say probably Son of Beast opening year. I waited three hours in line for it. Broke down multiple times, and then the same year I waited three hours for Millennium Force. Uh, right before it opened on opening day and it was two trains and the, the, the line was all the way back underneath that tunnel that goes underneath the, you know, the airtime Hills there on frontier trail. And that line just did not move uh, very well. So probably those um, now I, as I get older, I don't like waiting in lines. Like I don't have time for that. And 
I tried to plan on going to parks. Like we went to Orlando. I didn't spend any money on express passes. I just went when it wasn't that busy. You know, we homeschool our kids, so we're able to, which is nice. But in the end of it, I, I just don't like waiting. And if it's 45 minutes, that's okay. An hour, like, ugh. I have so much more time, things I'd be doing with my time than spending an hour in line. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. I... I don't mind. So for me, it has a lot to do with like how the line is layout laid out. Um, so for me, my the first one that comes to mind is Jungle Cruise at Walt Disney World. That is like the absolute worst queue I've ever stood in in my life. It's very claustrophobic and impossible. Um, and then I don't. I feel like that is like the main one for me. There aren't too many that I think are awful. Other than yeah. That. Yeah. There aren't too many I think are awful. What about you, Chris? Uh, opening season for Dragster. I waited four hours. Nice. Uh, so that is the worst for a 13 second ride. Uh, <laughs> um, other than that, the queue, one bad experience waiting for Haunted Mansion at the Magic Kingdom. Um, we were roasting in the sun, and my niece fell asleep, and I had to hold her. And it was 95 degrees out and just sweating all over. Like It was the worst wait, I think. So you're that guy who smells in line full of BO. Got it. Yep. I won't ride around with you now. <laughs> you got that right. That's why I don't. I said I'm not going to uh, Disney in July ever again. <laughs> oh yeah, that's like they also that like brings up another thing I hate, and I feel like only Walt Disney World really does it. But um, Haunted Mansion and as well as Guardians of the Galaxy have that awful cattle shoot into like a second like queue like area, and that is up there as like some of my least favorite experiences. I have a lot of issues with like the crowds pushing into that small space and like, cause people will just like knock you over in those. Um, yeah. yeah. Trying to see their family, trying sure. to like get on the ride as soon as possible. They, I have a very big issue with those cattle shoots. Anytime that those are there, there's a lot of times where I just won't ride Haunted Mansion because of it. Yeah, that's fair. Right. Sorry, I'm getting all over the place. We have another anonymous question. Um, and they said, should they RMC Beast? No. I think that I, I, I would love it, right? I would be cool with that. But it would just piss so many people off. I think it would be a very bad business decision for Kings Island to do it. Especially when you have a giant field right next to it that would look beautiful with the Zodger-like ride, 200-foot-tall, you know, hybrid coaster right there. I also say no. It's a classic. I mean, they take care of that thing nowadays. Like, some, ever since Cedar Fair bought that park, you know, and especially they oh, just yeah. put all that money into it with Gravity Group. So there's no, there's no chance Beast or Racer ever get arm seed. Agreed. Yeah, I don't 
I just feel like at this point, that's like one of their like favorite classics. And, and like, I just feel like when, once it hits that point where like, it's a beloved wooden coaster, I feel like then it's not as common for them to RMC. It's not like Wildcat where it's like everyone I ever knew who went to Hershey was like, Wildcat is the worst piece of garbage that's ever existed. Like everyone was like, yes, get rid of that. I know very few yeah. people were actually upset with that, but I feel True. like Beast, like Beast is such a beloved coaster for Kings Island people that I don't think they could. Yeah. Agreed. I agree. Uh, Bringing us to our last question, coming from Laurel. Hi, Laurel. Uh, XL200. Laurel XL200. Magnum's biggest fan. Um, Love it. Predictions. Right. Yeah. Predictions for Lakemont Park. Will I ever be able to ride Leap the Dips again? And she also loves your positivity. Well, thank you. Uh, I don't know. Like, I really, have, I've never been to that park, so I don't know enough about it to like to share my opinion on the matter. Uh, I, it's, it's very concerning uh, that they're doing this and obviously they feel as if it's going to make a better, you know, financial decision for them to close all the rides down and, and the coaster down. But at the same time, it sucks. I mean, I think a lot of it's probably staffing. Uh, when you look at the attractions that they're, they're keeping and the ones that they're not opening, it's a lot more people to, to pay, you know, X amount of money to per hour. To, is it really bringing in the money to warrant that, you know? Um, so hopefully things calm down and the economy gets better then yeah, hopefully it will reopen. But if it doesn't, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm a little nervous. Like I know my wife and I aren't really, you know, I, I'm just really nervous like we are very being very careful this year with what we're doing financially just we just don't know so i think a lot of parks are doing that and i think it's gonna be a very interesting uh year or two for the parks and what happens with the economy and stuff will will definitely pave pave way for a future hopefully hopefully a bright future but it would not surprise me at all if it never reopens and it would not surprise me at all with other parks start closing down due to uh you know with staffing wages, you know, inflation, as well as everything else going on. So it's, it's just, it's just, it's just unfortunate. So I, I hope it doesn't, but we've seen it before and I just feel like it's just hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen. That's all I gotta say. I just hope it doesn't. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to reopen at least leap the dips because in their like land like agreement they need to maintain that ride and keep that ride in operational order and yeah. i don't think with without money coming in i don't think that's something that they're going to be able to, to withstand so even if they only open leap the dips because it is like a paper ride right you have to buy a ticket for each ride i could see I, them i believe so i'm not yeah, I could see them only opening Leap the Dips, but I can't imagine that they'd pay to keep that ride in in like well-maintained operational status with zero money coming in. I can't I can't imagine that that is like a financially effective thing. Especially not in yeah, it, Pennsylvania. Correct. Like, and 
I, I could see that too. I'm rooting on Screamscape right now, not to interrupt you, but yeah, I think you make a very valid point where if they would keep anything open, it would be that ride. It says here, the park states that the running the amusement park side of things has been a money loser, which was what I was alluding to earlier and is no longer sustainable due to the high cost of maintenance and insurance. Now, Obviously, that goes to paying staff, but if they would say paying staff costs too much money, they, they would get a lot of negative feedback. Uh, so that's just a very safe, a very PR workaround for not saying that. Uh, but yeah, the, the, I do not see as of right now um, that park opening the whole entire amusement park side of thing. Yeah. Maybe next year they open up the wooden coaster. Hopefully, I, I don't know. My biggest fear is they're not going to spend the money on maintaining it this year since it's not open. And then what What happens? You know, does it get yeah. too, too rotted so they can't operate it next year? So the whole situation, that's um, why I, Yeah, that's why I think they're only going to maintain and possibly open leave the dips. I can't, if, if it is a financial, like if they have been losing money financially on the amusement sides, I could see them leaving everything else closed. But if they are required to maintain Leap the Dips anyway, then um, I, I feel like there's hope that Leap the Dips in itself will open and probably not the rest, honestly. And, and, I, and I think... Probably fall into disrepair if, I'm, if I had to guess. I mean, yeah, and honestly, there could be a nonprofit because they could buy the land or buy the coaster, you know, or maybe like ship it to Knobles. I mean, there, there's a lot of different things they could do or keep it op open for a tax break. But it, it just goes like, it's just unfortunate because I, I even see, I, I again, I've worked in the industry for eight years. I have a lot of friends who are, are very high up. I have friends who are park presidents at numerous chains. I have friends who are, you know, full-time, whatever, and they can't say it publicly, but most of these parks, besides the big ones like Dollywood and Universal, they're not turning profit very much, even Carowinds, because they're charging the same amount to get in the park, but yet their employee wages went up 50%. So where's the extra money coming in the last year or two? And I brought this up on my channel a few times where Carowinds or Cedar Point, Kings Island, your Six Flags Park should raise the rates of the ticket price to get in because at the end of the day, it's a business. They have to have money coming in and they have to pay their employees now 15, 16, whatever it is an hour, because before COVID it was $9 an hour, which you can argue that's horrible or that's fair, whatever. It's not the point. The point is since COVID and everything else, they had to increase the rates extremely, but they're not taking off the price at the gate or the season passes. Because I've been going to Kings Island, you know, and Chris, I'm sure you, you, you remember these days where it was like nine, the gold pass was like, hundred dollars like 20 years ago and now the gold pass is like what 110 dollars yeah like it, it's crazy it's like so to their point it's not just lakeside it, it, it's a lot of parks and thank god for these big corporations because whereas let's say a dorney park for example not saying that they're the park but let's use them as an example where they maybe they're losing money but they're bringing in the money from Knott's Berry Farm, Cedar Point, Kings Island that can help, to help keep them afloat. You know, uh, so it's just it's a, it's very unfortunate. But, you know, it'll be interesting. 
here's my my take is we need to talk to gene staples and have ib parks just buy that land and they can maintain it and have another uh option if you were to have a ib parks pass and to get into another park i don't know there if they would I might be a little it. too old but that's a cool I, idea. I also i don't know about moving leap the dips i feel like it's ancient and it might yeah <laughs> that is apart. true <laughs> that, that, that's a valid point too i also don't think they're allowed to honestly now that i think about it because it, it's not only like it's not even it's not just like an ace historic landmark i'm pretty sure it's a pennsylvania historic landmark which makes which is why they need to maintain it like there are rules around them getting that national or like historic landmark in the state of pennsylvania and like a lot of that is like you you can't move it you can't do things like that well i would imagine you can't move it because when it comes to old buildings you can't even like yeah. modify them yeah um so i would imagine that they actually can move it so no. like it's kind of just stuck with it but that's kind of like what you get when you apply for the historic landmark that's true what sucks Very is true. like we were supposed to go there for a behind the scenes like tour last year <laughs> and the weather didn't play out so we didn't get there and haven't rescheduled it so <laughs> we're supposed to ride it but unfortunate <laughs> next time maybe hopefully right maybe i yeah. hope that it does reopen because it i've heard incredible things about that little coaster but i also have heard that it is the most terrifying coaster a lot of people right. have ridden in their life so you'll, you'll, you only live once. You got to have some fun, right? Yeah. Right. So you guys talking think? about yeah. what's that? I was going to say, go ahead. You're good. Go ahead. Um, speaking of only living once, we have reached the end of the episode. So that brings us to the part where we need one of your hottest takes, whether it be coasters, theme parks, or just anything in life. Ah. Uh. Hottest takes. Why are you doing this to me, man? Uh, I love it. It's good. It's good. It's good. It keeps my brain going, right? Yep. Um, I think that Cedar Point's in a very inter interesting situation because, again, with the top throw two ordeal, the accident going with San Perla, like if something happens, this this could be detrimental to Cedar Point and to San Perla and everyone involved. Uh, so I guess my biggest hot take would be that the future rides on on Top Thrill Two for Cedar Point. Obviously, let's say God forbid something someone happens and someone gets hurt or killed, the park will still operate, but they might never be the same and you're having this smaller company that's trying to expand as fast as they can which never is a good thing uh and building this coaster that's i think they're wild mouse coasters 57 feet tall something like that now this is 420 feet tall you know and that wild mouse didn't operate that well I, i'm just i am I'm, I'm very skeptical as to what's going to happen and nervous quite frankly just because you have all this new technology and as much as Zamperla wants to wow us with it and it looks great. Don't get me wrong, but when all said and done, we've seen it happen in the past. And, and when you cut corners, 
nothing really positive comes from that. Yeah, I actually pretty agree with that. That's uh, That's been my take a lot of it. I'm shocked still to this day when people thought Sam Perla, I'm like yeah. for a small company to take on a project this scale that if they mess up at all, mm-hmm. like this is the end of it. Like I find it completely hard to believe that another company would work with them if something goes wrong with this. I 100% agree with you there. And and Zamperla, they're probably the largest flat ride uh, chains out there, you know, and they they can't even run their website. Hell, it got leaked before, you know, that's a bad sign to things to come. Like, come on. I am Uh, curious because this is all things that I have said. Like I... And, and before someone comments on your podcast, oh, he's a Zamperla hater. And no, I'm just speaking the facts. Like, I hope Zamperla is successful. I hope Top Thrill 2 is successful. Do I wish it was intimate? Sure, of course. But I'm excited for Zamperla, and I'm excited for the project. I think it's a stupid business move, and I think there's a lot more risk involved going this direction over intimate. How bad is the spite there? Just they... <laughs> Just not like the hatred towards Intamin still lives strong at Cedar Point. Yeah, they need to grow up. They need to put their big boy panties on and grow up because Intamin and RMC is doing major things. RMC is not really a good company. To, that Parks don't like working with RMC very much. That's all I can really say on that. I know from numerous people that work with RMC, they're great. They make great coasters, but they're just a pain in the butt to work with from Park to RMC goes. Um, our intimate, however, is a lot different. They're a lot easier to work with. The rides are a little bit less reliable, but they're awesome rides and they're very high tech. So something's going always going to happen. Like Velocicoaster or Hagrid's, you know, there's always something. But when you have these mega coasters that do all the things they do, you're just asking for a little downtime. They're, they're machines that operate, especially in Florida, you know, 335 days a year out of the 365 days. You know, it's crazy when you think about what they're trying to do with these rides. So I agree. I agree with the, uh, the, that especially with the running constantly down in Florida. So, I mean, it's, there's, you're going to have downtime. You're just going to have downtime. Correct. So, well, cool. Well, Thank well, you all for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I mean, like he said it, this is the end of the episode. We want to thank Brandon from Theme Parks Predictions for coming and hanging out. Um, I hope everybody has a good week, and we'll see you next time. Stay positive. This has been the Theme Park Stand Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We'll see you all next time.